Glitter. RPG a day. Take over. Warning. Spoilers for the Pathfinder Edition 1 campaign, Wrath of the Righteous. Haven's Diary. Much has happened of late. Too much to have spent time writing. I have a new shield and new armor. Armor I crafted myself and imbued with magic. I'm getting better at understanding how to work the metal, and I think before long I should be able to make gifts for my friends. Magic and brood also. We're being sent on a mission. To take back the cities that surround the world wound. With the rune smashed and destroyed, the only force keeping evil at bay is down. It took many with it. But not enough. And they keep coming. We must go where the worst of it is and keep it at bay. I am to take on a role that I do not yet fully understand. But I am happy to serve Queen Galfrey and it is an honour to be trusted. Radiance speaks to me. The spirit of Yaniel is contained inside and I hope her fierce fight is also contained too. So that I can draw upon her inspiration to do as good as she once did. I should rest now. There is much to do in the morning, much to say. Commander Haven? Commander Haven? Commander Haven? It doesn't matter how many times I write this, the letters still don't make any sense together. How did I get myself into this? I haven't even had my own training, and now I have an entire army of fiercely fighting paladins under my control. Not just any paladin army either. The 100. The most elite fighting paladins in the world. Never been defeated. Never once backed down from a fight. And I'm supposed to know how to lead them? I'm constantly shaking in my boots and feeling unsure. Serenry guides me at every step of that, I am sure. Without her, I would surely be dead by now. Serenry guide me still. Hope me step surely now into battle. I have a feeling I'm going to be more challenged than I ever have before, and I have fought demons from the depths. I feel Yaniel's presence as Radiance bangs on my hip, and her surprise. I hope that she isn't surprised about being held by me. I know she'll be able to help guide my hand, too. After all, we moved to the World Wound, and nobody knows more about that region than Yaniel herself. The tiefling army was bested in a matter of minutes. The 100 too powerful to be brought low, but we were too late to save more than a handful of survivors. We've sent them back to Queen Galfrey. May they make it safely. I only hope we can move forward faster and save more. To save us all. I don't know if I'm cut out for this commander life. Leading an army into battle seems simple on the surface. Even easier when you're riding out in front, hooves pounding, sword swinging, cutting into demons, feeling the blade under your grasp to restore justice with every death. But it's more complicated than that. There are whispers in the camp. Whispers that we move to our death. Whispers that I cannot allow to flourish. Fear will be our death as surely as a blade. Fear divides us and reduces our strength. Going into the heart of where evil resides, we must be stronger than ever. We must root out this person spreading rumors. But there is also so many people that I do not trust. Our spymaster Aaron is always sneaking off without direction to do so. 
We're learning things about him that concern me. Addiction is a weakness as it can be exploited. Even though this time it doesn't seem to be the case. I worry that he will slip out of control and the information we need to rely on will be lost. There are so many more ways for an army to die and only a few of them is death by the sword. I fear I am not enough to get us through this. To keep us alive. To free the world from evil. It's so much. Serenry. Give me your strength and your fury. Are we as creatures only defined by the role that we fill in life? If that role changes by another's choice, can you survive? Aaron ran off again tonight. I cannot see any evidence of a slip into addiction and I fear the more I push, the further he gets from trust in us. Only fear. I guess my, with my lack of faith in him so obvious. I wish I could trust, but tonight's activities have not inspired much within me. I found out it was spreading the rumors of fear and death. I followed a lead of a rumor to the stables where I met Peter. A good stable boy who loves horses and unfortunately gossip. I forced an answer out of him. I intimidated him into telling me. And I feel guilty for that. But I needed to know. And the name supplied chilled me. Lieutenant Alice. A trusted advisor in the 100 had lost hope in smoke and whispers that we marched to our death. Why wouldn't he come to me if he was so worried to share the depth of his knowledge to make us stronger? Why try so hard to rip us apart from inside? I ran hot and hard. I marched towards him, dragging my friends with me as I went, and they tried to talk reason. They whispered into my ears, but my skin burned, and my blood boiled that he would hurt us so badly. The words burned in the air as I tore him down and stripped him of his rank. I spoke with a force I barely recognized in myself. As I whipped him with my fury, but never my fists. He dropped to the ground and he broke right in front of me. And I felt nothing but righteousness. I made him my squire. If he didn't believe he could win, then he was not to fight as the 100. That he was not worthy of the name I stripped him of his honor in front of his men and then looked to his men with a fury of pride and spoke of the undefeated 100 and how they must only be the best. I made them cheer as I made him my squire. Who am I? I can still feel the tears from the sobbing I did in Nix's arms. I feel Alice's loss and fear and regret, and I feel the same. It hurts to punish someone for being scared. But we must not show fear in the face of evil. We must be strong if we are to survive. My pain has taught me that. I have never felt so sure and yet so lost. I wish I could tell Alice I'm sorry and that I understand. 
But I cannot. I can never. I am the leader of the 100. Commander Haven. And I must be the light. Morena, kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Ketapehe koutou, how are you all? Well, ketapai, I am good. There has been a lot going on in my life right now. Um, my bathroom is almost finished renovation. When I say almost finished, it's mostly finished. I have a shower, a toilet and a vanity. I just don't have a bathroom mirror and a bathroom heater and there's like no um, toilet paper roll holder and you know a few bits and pieces like that but last little pieces to work on we're nearly there hello again crew uh i was recording that waiting to be let into uh the particular store i was working in that day and the manager turned up right now Right as I was recording, she was like, who are you talking to? And I was like, uh, no one, um, just, uh, myself. And she just looked at me like I was the weirdest. A lot of these people that I work with don't know who I am outside of work, you know? Is that true for you? Like, I know, like, Spike Pit, obviously, people know you know, what's going on in his life and that he's an RPG dude because he's starting, like, an RPG, like, club at his school and stuff. But um, do the other people that, like, work with you know how much you're into Dungeons & Dragons or, you know, whatever. I'm using Dungeons & Dragons kind of thinking about myself because um, I think it would weird them out, honestly. Like, not weird them out, but I just don't think that a lot of the people I work with do much outside of work which is a bizarre concept to me honestly I don't understand people who work and just sort of go home and like cook dinner and just read a book or watch movies and then go to bed I don't I don't get it like but what's their thing like what's their passion what's their hobby what's their thing (laughs) weirds me out it weirds me out when people don't have a thing you know one of my favorite managers of the stores um here like uh, makes cakes in a part-time job and she always likes my instagram posts about all of my various dungeons and dragons rpg stuff and i always like her posts about her cakes and stuff we may not understand each other's world but we get each other has a passion you know, a thing that we love to do and we do that and we make some money from it, sure, but it's a thing we love and we're lucky enough to have stumbled across that, I guess, you know. So, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird, isn't it? (laughs) I just got fully, like, snapped and called out for podcasting. Um, She was just like, who are you talking to? And I was like, no, I'm I'm making a podcast. And she's like, oh, why? (laughs) It's like... Oh why, oh why? That was that was a response. Anyway, so I didn't bother trying to explain. Um, especially not trying to explain 
why I had to record on the floor there is because I was trying to get a podcast out because it's RPG a day, you know, right now because it's August and uh, everything is tight. <laughs> I was just trying to find a minute to get something ink done. Anyway, okay. <coughs> so my life is crazy. Um, and that's why I was trying to record while sitting on a floor inside an empty mall waiting for a manager to turn up. Um, so the bathroom, I've told you about the bathroom already. Uh, I, um, I have had uh, some pretty cool opportunities to do some pretty cool stuff, uh, in the last sort of week or so. Um, one of the coolest actually was, um, I was invited to speak on a panel, uh, at a video game conference. It's called the New Zealand um, Game Developers Association, who run the conference. Um, the conference is called the Wellington uh, New Zealand Game Developers Conference, um, so NZGDC. Um, and uh, they basically it's a bunch of like people who make games getting together. They there's a bunch of different talks where experts in various fields come and they talk to people and people can soak all of that information, or they can just wander around and meet other people doing the same things as they're doing and having the same passion. You know, um, I was very at home there, even though I didn't really know much about making video games. I understand these people; they're creative. They love what they do. They want to be better. They want to meet other people in their fields, and they want to, you know, learn how to do their stuff. Um, so I understood, you know, them, and I felt very at home there. Um, they're cool people, um, and uh, I was invited to talk. Um, not because I know anything about video games, clearly, I think we've established that, but uh, Kiwi RPG uh, was invited to come along and talk about what we were doing in an RPG space and why that might matter, like how they could take some of what we're trying to do and, and use it to build off, how they could link in with us potentially, um, basically what's happening in the space, right? So each of us on the panel had a different aspect of what was happening to talk about. Mine was about building community. So how we're reaching out to people, um, what's happening, what people are like playing like and why. So I, I talked a lot about um, how people come to RPG in New Zealand, like you know, not how every person's story is because every person's story is different, but there is also threads that are the same, you know? So I, I, I kind of think that there's like generically maybe like three types of people that come to gaming. Um, and one of them is the returnee, you know, the one who played it as a kid or whatever and, and thought it was a kid's game and then discovered later in adulthood that, God, I want to play kids games again because life was simpler back then, you know, um, and, and then discovering that it's not just a game for kids. It's, it's very much a great game for adults to sink their teeth into and escape the world for a while. Um, and then there's the, um, the, uh, I, I called them the, um, the lost, uh, the ones who are, are looking for something like escape or friendship or, you know, looking for something, 
um, in RPG, basically in a, to get away from whatever it is that's going on in their life and, and to find something within RPGs. And I talked about how often those people uh, ended up finding family, you know, like, like building that found family feel, if that makes sense. Um, because I don't know how many times in a, in a, you know, in new games and things like that, that I end up like making such good friends with the people that I'm playing with that they, they end up being, you know, closer to me than some family, you know, um, just because we're, you know, like we love the same things and we, you know, anyway, I'm wandering around this topic. Anyway, so I called them the lost and then I said, and then there's just the curious, you know, the ones who might not stick around for a while, but, but want to give it a go. Um, and you know, are interested the same sort of people who might pick up a board game in a store and play it for six months or so. And then it ends up in the cupboard and they never really touch it again. But you know, those, those three people and how do you reach out to those three different types of people? How do you bring them into the hobby? How do you engage them into what you're doing? And I, I, I sort of talked about, um, you know, like building those community spaces and how important they become, you know, to, to have somewhere safe and, um, you know, engaging and, and, and be able to chat and discord and all of those things. And I didn't necessarily mean discord as in the app discord just then, you know, I, I, I was talking about connections, like real connections, social or self, you know, connecting with yourself within the game or connecting with others in that social kind of way. Um, yeah. And then I talked about obviously, you know, inspiration and relaxation, you know, a lot of people come and they play RPG and, and they are writers or they're, you know, um, those kind of people and, and other creatives and, and playing D and D often what my, I said D and D just then, but I didn't in the, in the talk I said at RPG, um, you know, often unlocks our mind lets our mind wander and then makes us better creatives, you know. So I was talking a lot about that kind of stuff and I was talking about places to hang out like FLGSs and media fans who, you know, build, a, a, you know, that like engage in their fan base around that piece of media, um, like a podcast or a stream or whatever. And um, I basically was telling them that... I was trying to tell them that making themselves available and making a space available around their consumable, their product, their media, um, connecting with people and, and making it easy to for people to connect with them actually builds a better product um, because you're able to talk to the people that are engaging and enjoying your thing. Um, you're seeing what it is that they're getting out of it, what it is that they're enjoying, and, and that's only going to make your product better um, and make 
you feel fulfilled for making said product. I mean, I was like, how many times have you put something out there and just you have no idea how it's really received because you don't really know what people are saying about it other than the one person who takes a lot of relish time in sending you a shitty message about the one thing that they didn't enjoy. You know, you don't get to see a lot of the positivity around things. So, you know, another benefit of building these spaces is... um, you know, being able to, to see what people are enjoying and, and, and feel that fulfillment in what you're doing. And, and I was like, if you need a monetary, like a financial reason to build like a, you know, a community space where people are welcome and, and hang out and, and be friends, um, often you can sell them other stuff (laughs) while they're there, you know, like they, they have the first, you know, rights to see things, um, and and people get excited if they think it's exclusive so you know uh i kind of wandered well off building communities and wandered into you know um benefits of communities but um yeah that was kind of that was very rambly what i just did then i had my notes in front of me when i was doing the thing and i was sticking to bullet points but essentially that's kind of what i covered in my section of the panel and then we got some really cool questions at the end, um, which I cannot think about right now. But uh, luckily for me, I don't need to remember them because every single one of the talks was um, recorded on YouTube uh, and um, they will be put up soon. And I'll be able to, if you're interested in hearing a talk about uh, hashtag KiwiRPG, which is the kind of the conjoined um, RPG space that we're building in New Zealand where we support each other and lift each other up rather than trying to be in direct competition with each other like all these media creators uh you know we're not competing for the same audience we're sharing the same audience you know and so it it only makes sense for us to help each other out you know and combining in resources and things like that so I was on stage with um some pretty amazing people honestly um it was me, um, then uh, my friend who actually invited me to be part of this panel, um, who is a RPG creator. Has uh, like uh, you know you've heard me talk about um, Paranormal Wellington before, um, the wee little game that's very Kiwi feel, tongue in cheek, based on the TV show Wellington Paranormal, um, and uh, you get to play as paranormal investigators, um, which is very fun. Um, so he was there. He has actually created a lot of other games. Um, I, I I love his little tongue-in-cheek um, rules-like games, but he's actually also the creator of A-State, if, uh, if you've ever heard of that game. It went through a pretty successful Kickstarter. Um, I believe that the books are all published and stuff now um, and are going to be sent out soon. So if you haven't checked out A-State, definitely check out that. It's very gritty and um, I I feel like a lot of people that listen to this podcast would probably really enjoy that RPG system. Um, So he's, you know, he's had a fairly successful time in, in creating games and stuff like that, but he also does RPG publishing and that kind of thing. And he is one of the driving forces behind hashtag KiwiRPG, where we work together and pool our resources and pool our knowledge to make KiwiRPG better and get it into a wider field together. 
you know so it's like hey look at all the cool things we're doing in new zealand um learn about what's coming out of new zealand rpg you know um and it's 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 really cool and it's really exciting um so yeah so him and then there was the guy who created monster of the week (laughs) i was on a fucking panel with the guy who made monster of the week what the hell that's kind of it's kind of like mind blown uh, when I realized where I was sitting um because that guy is real smart and he makes real good games so like and he had some really cool things to say too about like the state of New Zealand RPG and and how we are helping and where it comes from and you know um like university clubs and encouraging that at a ground level and all of that kind of stuff. It was, it was, you know, it was cool to listen to him chat as well. And then next to him is, uh, was Harriet Pribble. Harriet Pribble was a very successful and talented actress, has performed and directed, um, several like D and D based, like theater shows as well as an incredibly successful live stream and so she was talking about ttrpg as performance so like what makes a good performer in ttrpg crew her section was mind-blowing like a lot of what she was talking about i already kind of do but i do instinctively and without having thought about it and when I was listening to her talk and about what TTR performance like could be, should be, whatever, however you want to say that, she didn't say like, this is the be all and end all. She said, these are just my opinions and what I've built over, you know, experience of trying to run RPG theater, essentially, um, you know, and, and the mistakes we've made and, and the engagement that we feel like you need to have to do it well and right um because there's a lot of improv in ttrpg right so she was talking about that like how to how to do improv but also do dramatic theater you know like do performance you know and god she's so smart and the things that she was saying were so incredible i was just like sitting there on the panel being like yeah and finding myself wanting to take notes and I was like this is ridiculous just control yourself you're supposed to be like a panel expert apparently um but yeah so cool and then the last guy is actually a university lecturer for game design (laughs) and has made like made a bunch of RPGs as well none of which I can remember right nope nope wait dinosaur dinosaur princesses or something like that um i can't quite remember the name of the game damn it jules this is why you're supposed to script and prep um yeah dinosaur princesses or something like that um damn it i'll I'll put a note on if i remember at the end um but yeah he's made a bunch of um rpgs as well like some more obviously successful than others but that that seems to be the story with rpg creation um and uh and and he literally teaches game design so he had a bunch of really um interesting things to say about you know design in rpg in new zealand so uh yeah i guess we're all coming at it from different points of view and um and it was really really interesting and i realized that i'm on that panel i'm actually one of the few people who's on the ground floor seeing people with their first time engaging with a product like TTRPG 
all the time. Like I'm constantly guiding people through their first few games of, you know, um, of, of D and D usually, um, and, and watching them grow in excitement and, and understanding and that, you know, and, and, and love for, for this hobby, you know, so they don't really get to see a lot of that. So what I was talking about, I thought was really dumb and obvious and, you know, like, you know, but boring as the nose on my face is. Everybody sees it all the time and, and nobody wants to talk about that. But they all found what I was saying really interesting because they don't really get to see, you know, people's first times really a lot because they are engaging with the product in a in a different kind of way. So, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, I felt really excited to have been part of that Um Everybody said I did okay, so (laughs) I did find myself questioning several times in the last week what the hell I was doing um, and who the hell was I and why the hell did I think that um, I was, you know, good enough uh, at a level enough to step on stage and then I think I did okay. So, you know what, I am Jules Bergster of Jules from NZ, Questbook, Fate of Eisen and Wink the Cover Band and you know what, I know stuff. Uh, I got interesting stuff to say, and I know that you know, <laughs> you out there listening to this already know that, because uh, you, my gems, are a fantastic support, and um, you always say nice things about me, and, and those people who are listening who aren't gems, um, I love you too. Out there, I, I don't know who you are, but I'm glad that you're listening. <laughs> Um, and you obviously think that I have, I have smart and interesting things to say, but you know, sometimes I don't think I have smart and interesting things to say. And I'm like, why is anybody listening to this? (laughs) So kind of had the same moment when I was at, at the panel, but it was like, it was such an incredible opportunity. Um, yeah. And, and I, sometimes I pinch myself and I go, what is this life? Uh, because it just feels a little bit cool. And I feel a little bit lucky. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's been going on with me. Okay. I think it's time to talk back about uh, RPG a day, don't you? All right. So let's go through the questions in order. August 22nd. uh, Who is your current character? So, as you heard at the top, we're going to be talking about um, Haven and Ahira Lewis. Uh, the uh, um, I've forgotten the word, Joey. You're going to kill me. I know it's a paladin, um, but she's like angel based. But she's not. It's not angel. It's angelic and something and. <laughs> Oh my god, I've completely forgotten her race. Asima, Asima, Asima. Is it an Asima and Paladin and Pathfinder? It is in D and D. You know, close enough. Uh, she is essentially an Asima Paladin, and um, and is it Asima, or is that like the 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 thing where you like the noises? Oh God, my brain is fried right now. Um, I haven't even really got halfway through my coffee. Um, and it's way too early in the morning. Um, 
Anyway, she's basically Angelkin, um, Pathfinder, uh, Paladin, and um, she's playing through Wrath of the Righteous with Joey as the DM and um, a bunch of the old Wheel of Woe crew uh, and also Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. So uh, that is who she is. Um, when you choose uh, a Wrath of the Righteous character, you get this sweet, like, pre kind of player information about these different like you know sort of backstory i don't think they call them backstories but they um you get like a list of of these different things to basically build your character with and i liked the sound of the story where she had been attacked by demons previously like barely survived you know she um, has physical scars like it it specified that it was like you have physical scars from like this attack essentially um and um it's left you kind of screwed up about you know like demons and stuff um also you don't really know why they attacked you or you know like what's going on there and so I sort of decided that um she would have no real memory of anything before the attack um and she doesn't even understand that she is like part angel you know she she just doesn't get that like she just believes that she is a human uh, and she sort of gets looked after by this like family out in a farm in the middle of nowhere um and then um they kind of well they don't really want anything to do with her um they they keep her and and she tries to do jobs for them and stuff but she ends up sort of hanging out with um this you know once um fighter of um you know um in the in the crusades essentially like a commander or whatever in the in the crusades and she hears all of his stories and she you know eventually wheedles him into teaching her how to fight and so he does and he also teaches her how to you know do some basic crafting with metal and things like that so she's able to like craft herself a sword um to practice with and stuff it's nothing fancy but she sort of gets that done she's proud of herself and you know, she remembers the pain and she sort of has flashes of, like, being attacked, like like nightmares and, and tormented visions and that kind of stuff. But she doesn't really understand why or, like, who she was before that or anything. So it's a driving kind of desire of hers to to take down demons and you know vanquish evil or whatever because she's you know she's scared of being attacked again but also angry about having been attacked and how much was taken from her you know like when you don't remember anything before a point like you, you don't even know what you've lost so she's kind of always got that sort of in her mind um so very sort of driven in that kind of direction which made sense for a paladin right because they're quite you know um vanquish evil um so she just kind of like relies on that as like most of her moral compass you know evil must be defeated and you know strength is good and you know 
she'll figure out the rest later on. <laughs> so at part of this um, adventure, she she got basically told she was like Asmara or Angelkin or whatever it is that she is. Um, and she was like, huh, okay. And I don't think she's really processed that. They were just like, that's why you like glow. And I was like, do I? And they were like, yeah, a little bit golden all the time. And I was like, huh, okay. You know, um, I pl- I play her a little bit like kind of clueless um, and she doesn't know what that means. So she hasn't really thought about it. Like she's thought about it, but because she doesn't know what that means, um, there's no point in thinking about it. She doesn't know who her parents are in the first place. So like why get her, you know, mind into knots about it. So she's just kind of pushed it to the back of her brain. She doesn't know what that means. So it's not important right now. Um, what is important right now is is protecting these friends that she's found and, and who accept her for who she is. And, and then she's been given all of this responsibility and she's determined to do Commander Conrad, you know. Um, oh, I don't think he was a commander. I believe he was like a lieutenant or something. I think I made him. Um, but anyway, Conrad, it was his name. And she's determined to do him proud because he was the one who gave her the training in the first place and, and said that the Crusades would be great, like she should join them and protect everyone and she was like okay I've been given a purpose this is good yeah I like this you know so she 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 feels like she owes him a lot so yeah so that's um who kind of Haven Anahira Lewis is um and and probably that sort of covers like where has that character been um also she's been off on a farm for most of the time and then she went to Canebris to join the Crusades and Canebris literally blew the fuck up. Um, and then, you know, she's ended up on this adventure ever since kind of swept away by it all, but she was always wanting to join the Crusades. So when she got like, you know, essentially knighted as a knight of the Crusade, she just about cried, um, because you know, that was all she ever wanted. And then, um, and now she's like even more determined to to be the best that she can be for the people who have put so much faith in her, you know, and and to make sure she outruns whatever it was in her past that led to her to being attacked by demons because she doesn't know what that is, right? She's scared it's something bad, like she might have been in with the wrong people or done something wrong or whatever. She's scared of it's that, like. I mean, it could have been that she was in a situation where she was, um, her family were, you know, fighting evil and she nearly died because of it, but she'll never know, right? Well, I mean, she might know if Joey decides to write that into the story, but, but she doesn't know now, so who knows? Um, the situation my character is currently in, well, I think you heard it above, um, other than that, like the only other facts that are going on is that they're heading to a town called Dresden to um, kind of free it from demons. Um, It was taken a while ago and um, apparently according to Queen Gelfry, the demons moved downwards to south and the um, Dresden is like north. So it's going to be held, but maybe not held as like tightly as before. And so, you know, if we go there and we, um, fight and take it back, like, you know, it would be a good, like, symbol of pride, I guess, 
you know so that's that's kind of where we're we're up to but there's all this drama happening in the meantime you know so when did I start playing this character well the earliest reference to Wrath of the Righteous that I could find in my diary was a note that we were having a session on the 23rd 23rd of January this year so um but I I think we had a get-together to talk about the game and what characters we might be wanting to build and stuff, and then we had a couple of weeks of building a character, so it's probably February when we actually started playing. Um, why does your character... Okay, so then it would be, where has that character been? Is twenty day 25? I think we've talked about that. And, like, why does your character do what they do? That's Friday the 26th. Well, I think we've kind of talked about that too, like you know, that driving need to, to rid the world of evil and rid herself of it and shake off what happened to her and prove she's okay and blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. Day 27, how has the character changed? Um, so she started really unsure and naive and not, um, you know, it's a little scared and, and not terribly confident with her place. But as as everything has happened and she's realized that, like, quick decisions need to be made to make sure that we don't die, um, that, that the more stuffing around we do, the, the more likely we are to get into trouble. And she started sort of being quite directing um, with her with her you know, specifically in combat situations. And and there's a few reasons for that. Like, in-game, in roleplay, you know, she she feels very protective of everybody and she, she feels very responsible. Like, the responsibility of the 100 hangs pretty heavy, but the responsibility of getting this group through hangs kind of heavy because she doesn't know, again, if, if she failed a group before or not you know or somebody failed her but either way things obviously went pretty badly and she was left there so she doesn't want that to happen to somebody else and also we lost somebody so we lost um uh oh my god I've forgotten what his first character's name is but you know so we we lost a a player character in this game and I think it sort of made Haven a little more like holy crap, okay, uh, I literally saw someone I was fighting with die because I didn't take down the monster fast enough, you know, we didn't, we didn't work as well as a team or we didn't, you know, we, we weren't powerful enough, um, and, and we lost somebody and, and she doesn't want that to happen again, right, so she started being a little bit bossy, um, so that, that's an in roleplay reason, outside of roleplay, mechanically, why Haven has changed is um, because I have chosen to go like very shield based with Haven as a paladin. Um, she's very protector, like that's kind of her deal. So um, what that means is for mechanic reasons, if people are close to me, um, generally within five or ten feet, um, varying spells and, and abilities and stuff for five or ten, um, she has the ability to be able to like protect them like there's an aura kind of that comes out from her that helps them to do things better or or a higher AC defense or whatever it is 
there's a few different abilities she has where she can do that. Also, she has lay on hands, but lay on hands is touch. So if she's not close enough to people, she can't help them uh, get hit points back and like that kind of stuff. So she started being quite like, you get over here, fight next to me. Like everybody stay together. You know, like she's very kind of bossy on that kind of way because my shit doesn't work if people go wandering off all around the combat field. Like I become not as good. Um, so I guess, I guess that's another reason why Haven has sort of turned, you know, because I think, I think it's important to realize that not everything that happens to our character is just because it's role play. Um, it's also good to think about it mechanically, like, um, you know, and, and how that, how you would play that character to be like to make the best use of what they are and stuff. If you don't communicate that to your team in a sort of out of game way, but also in game way, like she had a bit of a chat with the crew about, you know, she really feels like she wants to protect them and stuff and they should stay close. Otherwise we might lose somebody else and blah, 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 blah. Right. But I also did that with an out of character chat, telling them about my abilities and and being like this is kind of why she's saying that she wants to be close because I've got this shit that you know if you stay close to me I can basically protect you so now the now like not only the other fighters who can get into melee with me know that they can get into melee and if they're close and stuff and then we can try and flank and blah 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 blah, but they can kind of duck back around and and duck by me if they need to in between like fights and stuff but the spellcasters know um not to go too far from behind me like they're behind me sure and they're not exactly always within my range of my abilities and stuff they're sometimes further than that but if they needed to they could run up behind me and I could protect them you know so everybody knows that now right so now if we die and I can't get my stuff off it's probably mine or a team effort fail you know but like at least we've had that chat and I think that's important you know if your team doesn't know about how your stuff works they can't make the best use of you either so having those chats um about what each other can do and how things work is is just as important to beating the dm's arse and all of the monsters he sends at us because you know we're always trying to win against joey yeah yeah anyway okay uh style sunday favorite rpg cover art so I wanted to talk about a, f- a couple of things. Oh, God, this episode is so long. I'm so sorry. It's gone fucking forever. It's going to be like an hour. Um, this is what happens when I record things across like three or four days. You know, everything kind of goes crazy. Um, so I want to talk to you about two things. One, um, I got some cover art cre- <laughs> created. Um, I am very close now to uh, actually doing and publishing my very first homebrew kind of module um, where you can play in the world of Aizen uh, at home with your friends um, is, the, is the idea. Um, I, I got it created by a guy who, who calls himself um, Sean Manx um, and... Um, and he sort of took my crappy <laughs> paint document where I sort of scribbled up a, what I thought it might look like as well as doing a much nicer um, verbal description 
of it. Well, I sent it to him in written form, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, and he took that and made like a really cool piece of art for the cover of Hallowed Festival of Frights. So um, I'm really stoked about that. I have a cover art. I have a map. I have several character arts. Um, and it's 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 almost ready to go. Basically, the only thing holding me back now is that I haven't finished what I need to do. Like I need to do a few stat blocks um, because I'm publishing through rpg drive through and um because of that i can't use things out of like the monster manual um because i can't um or the dmg like I, ca- I can't refer to those books i can only refer to things that are listed in the srd through the open gaming license you know so if it's in the srd and it's not exclusive materials and stuff like that then i can refer to it using referencing the srd but if it's not in the srd then I actually need to change it, which is a shame because I'd like to use, for instance, Crawling Claws because I think Crawling Claws in a haunted house are, you know, basically a necessity. But um, I can't because Crawling Claws don't exist in the SRD. They haven't released those under an OGL. So I now need to basically make a stat block for something like a crawling claw that isn't quite a crawling claw like has its own wee little distinctions and stuff so that um I'm not breaking the rules as such but I've still got something like that feel in the house um I don't want to steal Wizards of the Coast's material I don't want to be that douchebag but I do want to have like a thing from Adam's family running around because um that's perfect you know, for like a, a first time adventure in a haunted house. And that's kind of where I pitched this game. So um, I'm going to call them skittering hands. <laughs> it's not the most, you know, original content. Um, I also have a few magic items, which I'm obviously using in the game. Um, a load of magic items aren't in the SRD. So I basically have to stat block them all. Um, there's one that's sort of a ring of resurrection sort of but plays a bit differently and um, I've called that the ring of I'm back baby Um, and um, there's like a ring of luck essentially um, which functions much like you know a ring of luck yeah but a little different like you get to re-roll instead of like the way that the ring of luck works it's it's basically like a straight re-roll it could still be awful but you get it you know um yeah so like a few things like that and I just need to put pen to paper and and get them done um because I was talking to Joey about this the other day and I was like I just I I felt like I had to be perfect because it was my first release right like it's the first thing ever doing it has to be perfect but now I'm at the point where it's been two years um and I haven't released it because I'm scared that it's not perfect and everybody's gonna yell at me and hate it um, and so I just haven't done anything with it because I'm too terrified and I am now giving myself permission to just do the best I possibly can and just get it done because you know what? I should just publish something. It would be cool and I can learn from it. Um, it's a bit of a process. It's a lot, it's a lot of work. Um, this first one is like a long module, like a really long module. Um, I have picked a very difficult one to do for starters. Um, uh, but you know what? 
screw it. I'm going to do it. I've committed. I've got all this art for it. It looks awesome. It's going to look awesome, I should say. Um, and I've engaged somebody to put it all together, like put my words and my pictures and format a document, basically. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that too. Um, they actually pitched the idea to me the other day that we could do this um, as a multi-release, like release it for D&D and Pathfinder um, with a few changes to the module, obviously, for Pathfinder rules and that kind of thing. We could easily make this work. And I was like, that'd be really sick. Then people could play it and whatever. Um, Cause we were talking about Wrath of the Righteous and we got carried away talking about Pathfinder. But um, yeah, so fingers crossed that is actually coming. And then, um, so I got way distracted talking about cover art, but um, I think the prettiest D&D 5E cover art is the Well Beyond the Witchlight alternate art cover. It's got this beautiful displacer beast on the front of the cover surrounded by this beautiful like pearl looking you know like colored um and it looks like it's like inlaid you know because they've got like a pearly color then they've got like a slightly more silvery color to do like a whole lot of butterfly designs so it looks like it's like pearl inlaid with silver butterflies and it's so incredibly beautiful um, if you haven't seen it already, you should definitely go check out that art. Um, it's well worth having a look at. Also, the game is incredibly beautiful. The Wild Beyond the Witchlight books are probably some of the most beautiful books. It, the way that they have been written and and formatted and stuff is deliberately designed to be colorful and, and very fantastical. It's it's very fey and the book looks it. Um it's very well designed. So if you haven't checked it out, just go check it out for like pictures of it. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll um, I'll put the picture for this episode up as like Haven, um, but I'll post the cover up for um, Hello Festival of Frights over on Patreon. So if you're interested in seeing that, you can get it over there and check that out but yeah the art for this episode is, is going to be um my character haven um with her blue hair and her golden eyes and her um sweet sweet she used to walk around with an armored coat on that was sleeveless because sleeves are bullshit um but she now unfortunately she now wears mithril armor because well she needed mithril armor because she stood about the front quite a lot so I didn't want her to die <laughs> it seemed important for her to not die so I had to give up her sweet sweet armored coat which I'm sad about but you know I'll get over anyway I hope you have enjoyed this intense episode very long episode of um of Jules from NZ um today yeah it's 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 a lot I'm sorry Kuro I ramble um <coughs> I hope you enjoyed it anyway regardless of me big thanks to um my gems out there listening james jason barry laren ezekiel kp joey dusty carl and bj love you all crew um i haven't put any calls in this one because this one is long enough um so i will get to all of your amazing amazing call-ins soon i probably will end up having to put out a separate episode but that's cool we've still got like three days of rpg a day so um, we'll probably put those in um, as a piece of that wrap up, I guess. Um, 
yeah, and thank you to everybody else out there listening. If you are listening to this, reach out to me and tell me. Um, you don't have to be a gem. I, I just want to say hi. Um, you know, a lot of my Patreon posts are actually public because I know not everybody can afford to give um, creatives money. Um, thank you to those who do. I, I, I love you. Like, you literally pay for my bills, so that's nice. Um, but, yeah, you don't, you don't have to. You can go over to Patreon and check out the you know, the pretty pictures and the content over there. Um, I do some exclusive, but I don't do a lot of exclusive posts. So um, you can still check out what's going on when I refer to things that I'm posting up there. Um, yeah, and just just reach out to me on Twitter at Jules Bogusera or Instagram at Jules from NZ, Facebook from Jules from NZ, YouTube, Jules from NZ. Um, uh, yeah, pretty much everywhere, Jules from NZ. My website, www.julesfromnz.com. <laughs> And nobody ever goes there. I don't know why you would. Um, it's so not up to date. <laughs> but it but it exists. Um, thanks to my gems. <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna get out of here. Um, thank you so much again um for bearing with me in this rambly RPG August. Um this is what happens when I put out podcasts every week, guys. Uh I go off the chain. <laughs> anyway, enohora kakitayano aroha nui. Mwah. Goodbye. Stay well. Look after yourselves, everybody. And I will see you again soon. Next week, in fact. <laughs> okay. Bye. By the way, it was Dinosaur Princesses. It's it's a story game and it's amazing. You and your friends are dinosaur princesses. When trouble strikes the kingdom, only cooperation and teamwork will save the day. It's basically you are dinosaurs and you are princesses and you are solving problems together. <laughs> It sounds amazing. It's on RPG Drive-Thru. If you're interested in that, go check it out. Okay, bye.